everything boils down to a formula. And you can't resist math and small business. It's part of what we do. So let's figure out what the formula is so that you're managing from the formula. It's like cooking, Kara. We all either inherently know because a recipe has been handed down from generation to generation, or you open a cookbook and you follow a recipe. Business is no different. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. This is Kara Golden from the Kara Golden Show, and I'm super excited to have my next guest here, Susie Carter, who is a friend and amazing business owner and also author of the brand new book, Power Your Profits, How to Take Your Business from 10,000 to 10 million, I would say 10 million plus even. She is such a badass. And um, if you want to see more about Susie, uh, you can also check her out on her website at Susie Carter. That's C-A-R-D-E-R.com. But I'm super thrilled to have her. Just a little bit of background on her that I thought was kind of interesting. She Growing up, she's one of not eight, but nine kids. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and just, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I mean, that in and of itself is probably there's, there's a definitely a small percentage of the population that can actually say that about themselves. And, um, she has, you know, built not one, but uh, a few companies over the years. And really, I think what she is so great at is really looking at how do you take small and grow it to big and bootstrapping to ultimately making big money out of it. So anyway, Susie. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for who you are. And congratulations on your new book. Thank you. I just purchased that as well. Thanks. So I'm very excited to get it and dig into what you're up to. And I love, love, love and adore you and what you're up to in the world. You are playing big as well. So I love hanging out with badass women. Thank you. We're on a mission. Thank you so much. So let's just dive right in. Actually, I want to start it in your background. So let's talk about the nine kids. So where where did you fall in that world? Well, there is Bobby, Ronnie, Stevie, Terry, Joni, Shelley, Susie, Kelly, Debbie. So you have to say the names because that's just hilarious, right? They totally. love the IEs. I love it. And so there are two under me, right? So not the youngest, not the oldest, not the middle. You're just there, right, with all the rest of them. That is so I had to learn early on that if you wanted anything, you had to go go out and get it yourself. You know, with that many kids, you know, when people go, I grew up poor, but I didn't know I was poor. Oh, no, girl, we knew we were poor. <laughs> Very clear. Our school shopping was garage sales and Goodwill. And I made a commitment to myself. I am never stepping foot in one of those places again. I know it's trendy to do now, but I walk in there and that smell just create something for me. So 
growing up, I'm like, how do I really create my own wealth? How do I create what I'm up to? And my dad said, you know, he had six girls, three boys. He's like, look, when you get 18, you move out, you get a husband, you get a job. That's your job. And I'm done. So education wasn't on the docket, right? College wasn't on the docket. I didn't even know that was a possibility, you know, because of the community we grew up in and what we were up to and what we were doing. So my vocation, Kara, was I started out as a hairdresser. And I found myself because I'm very coachable. I went and got a husband. I didn't know anything about a husband. I met him when I was 17, right? Divorced by 25 with two little kids, six months old and 18 months old. And I knew that I had to figure out with no alimony and no child support. Look, I picked a winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> so so funny. I had to figure out how to make money so I could take care of my children. That That started my why. It was like, holy cow, no one's going to save me. I was waiting for the night on Shining Horse, you know, like in all the Disney movies, but they, they're not real. <laughs> so I became my own knight in shining armor. So you go from hairdresser to yeah. actually understanding really entrepreneurism, understanding wealth, understanding how to ultimately do this. Like, what What do you think? Where did you learn this? Like, did you read a lot? <laughs> did you, I mean, did you feel like you talked to customers a lot? Where, where were you kind of getting this, not only education and knowledge, but also inspiration? Yeah. So one was my children were my inspiration. Right. Mm -hmm. And not not wanting to be broke. That truly was my inspiration, wanting to take care of having to take care of them, not just wanting to, but having to be fiscally responsible for them. Mm -hmm. There wasn't an option of not making money. I had to figure it out and figure it out quick. I lived in the used bookstore and I lived in the bookstore. So if I could find a book on sale, because back in the day. Their education, one, it wasn't as accessible as it is today, right? So I'd go to the bookstore, bring my kids to the bookstore, go to the used bookstore. So I get a ton of books and I would read what I needed to learn. So if I needed to learn marketing, I would buy all the marketing books, read them and implement slowly but surely. 15% of everyone's financial success is their technical ability. So for me, it was as a hairdresser. So pretty quickly, I made a quarter of a million dollars a year working three days a week. And Paul Mitchell found me and they said, what are you doing? You're always busy. You're making a ton of money. Can you help our stylists, our other clients? I'm like, sure, I can help them. I didn't start out to be a business consultant. Mm -hmm. I started out wanting to help my community very much like you're doing with a podcast. But back in the day, we would do these cluster classes in salons and spas teaching just the business of business, right? Because 15% was their technical. 85% is sales, marketing, operations and finance. Now, Kara, I used to be so, so bad at finances, and I have to share this story because people just think it's, you know, I just am this way. You are just this way. You even had bloody knees, bloody elbows, but there was a journey. I was so bad at business finance that I literally would try to balance my checkbook. I would have to close it, Kara, and then open another account because it was so messed up. And I did this several times, and my banker's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I can't balance it. They're like, let's get you on QuickBooks. I'm like, what are QuickBooks? <laughs> so got on QuickBooks that completely turned it around. I was able to really understand business finance, went back to the bookstore and got all the books I could on business finance so that I could really master this thing. I was great at making it, but not good at keeping it. <laughs> I was spending it faster than I was making it. <laughs> it's so interesting that you talk about this because one of the things that I talk about in my book is that I was tired of living with 
fear. And I still am tired of living with fear. Like, I think that that mm-hmm. is the one thing that I always, you know, do every single year is try and figure out, like, what do I fear? And then I figure out whether or not I can actually tackle those things. And for me, I was a minor in finance in college because I really I was exactly what you were talking about. Like, I, I would say, oh, I don't like finance. And then, but the truth was, was that I actually just didn't get it. And so I started taking classes in, in school. And, and what I realized is that one day it clicked for me and I was like, oh, okay. I, I understand what a business plan is now. I know how to balance a checkbook. Like as crazy as that may sound for people who, you know, just, like their brain doesn't sort of function that way. I really had to work hard to sort of teach my brain to kind of think that way. But then once I was able to do it, then I I was actually really proud of myself. And, and I knew that I didn't want to do it as my full-time job, but I actually right. talk about, you know, in building the business that we have today that, you know, if you actually like don't appreciate some aspect of the business, whether it's finance or marketing or whatever, like go learn it, like whether or not you, you know, go on Google and start to search stuff out or, you know, go and get books on the topic or whatever, because I think that it really boils down to kind of this fear. And I love to hear that you just, I mean, essentially we're like, I got to figure this stuff out. Like this is just debilitating in some way. So I, anyway, I just, I love that. So keep going. In a lot of ways, right? Debilitating in a lot of ways because you weren't, I wasn't mastering it. Yeah. You know, luckily there's always a gift that's wrapped in sandpaper. So the divorce was horrible. Raising two children by yourself and the babies being so young, six months and 18 months was horrible, but it made me buck up. It made me be responsible. It made me realize that I can do this myself. And so if I look at 80% of small businesses aren't profitable. So that means they're having challenges with their finances too. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at business, I'm a creative, you're a creative. That's why we're entrepreneurs. But if I look at business, math, money is creative, right? I just realized that, wow, I could just be creative to how much money do I want to make? And then what are the things, activities, how many conversations do I need to have in order to make that revenue goal? Paul Mitchell saw it early on and then clients said, do you have a book, Susie? I'm like, no, I'm a hairdresser. I don't have a book. I'm not a writer. I'm just trying to share the good news. So my whole speaking career started from clients saying, hey, do you have a book? So I'm like, fine. Then I wrote a book. Then they're like, oh, love the book. Hate to read. Do you have an audio? I'm like, no, I don't have it on audio. I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> so I created this whole training and development company really by accident. Because I had a love for what I was doing, wanted to empower my industry. No one was teaching that. There was only one other businesswoman teaching business to a market that's 90% women. And so I was like, I'm going to be the difference maker in this industry. And so we ended up building the largest training and development company in the beauty industry. And we sold that to Rickers Publishing. And so we sold that for $10 million. That was like one of the best days in my career. And we were, you know, finally, I thought in my life, Kara, I didn't, I never had to work again, right? I'm like, I'm set. I've saved. I've done all the things right. We had real estate investments, right? I had money in the, in the market. And then the market crashed. And I don't know if you remember 2007, but 2007 pulled the rug out for me, knocked me down, drug me. 
And what took me 20 years to build care was destroyed overnight. Um, Like I literally, I've had a marriage of 17 years. That was my second husband. The stress, he couldn't handle the stress. He felt like a failure. He moved to Singapore. So I found myself alone again. And I found myself not only alone, but broken, broken. Because everything I had built, I had over leveraged. I played too much in real estate and used, you know, did what my mentor said, but I was not conservative enough. I risked too much. And so I found myself with a non-compete in that industry. And like, how, how, I don't have 20 years in me. Yeah. I don't have 20 years to get myself back up. I don't have 20 years to do this again. I don't want to do that for 20 years. And one of my clients that I had was Lisa Nichols. And she's been in The Secret. She was one of the most sought after speakers in The Secret. She had been my client for years. We took her business from 80,000 to 10 million. And so she said, Susie, if you could just do for me what you did for you, I think we'd have something amazing. So she was my one client and John Astroff was my one client. So John Astroff's company, I did a, a turnaround in his organization. Lisa, we took it to 10 million. And it didn't take me 20 years, Kara, because I had spent 20 years learning from mistakes, learning from doing it wrong and getting it right. So it only took me about five years to recover from what it took 20 years to build, because now I know the system of money. And so in my book, I share the story of business can be fun, right? Math is money and money is fun. We all love what money provides for us, the freedom, the security, the to providing for your family, traveling, you know, whatever it is that you choose and whatever your dream is, making a difference in your communities, making a difference in the world. And it's very creative. So I've taken this complicated thing called business finance and tried to simplify it for my clients because I just felt stupid all the time. I'm like, I don't want anybody ever to feel stupid because they don't understand this piece of it. Mm-hmm. Right. We talk about strategy. We talk about sales. We talk about marketing. But you know what? It it starts with the financial projections. It starts with your relationship with money. Right. Your belief system around money, your limiting beliefs around money, your parents beliefs around money. Right. That's all what we call inherited beliefs that I'm, I inherited from my mother and my grandmother. I inherited. There's none. Don't ask for any. Right. So for me, money gives me security. Like I don't ever want to feel that feeling of there's none. Right. And so when I lost all my money, Kara, Lisa said to me, she goes, girl, I know you. You are frugal. You got some money stashed away. I'm like, I do, but I don't have 10 million. She's like, suck it up, cupcake. You have money stashed away. And I did. Right. I had about five hundred thousand dollars that really allowed me to that was in my savings. Right. That saved me in that whole financial crisis when the market crashed and the real estate market crashed. So that allowed me to restart who I was and to, you know, breathe and feel like, okay, I can do it. And so sometimes, you know, I call it God, you call it whatever you want, gives you that lesson, Mm -hmm. right? That lesson that's wrapped in sandpaper, the lesson that's not pretty, the lesson that's hard. One, you need your ride or dies like this community, right? Like the community we belong into, Mm -hmm. right? The ride or die that when you're down there willing to not only help you up, but help pick you up and support you, not do it for you, give you a hand up versus a handout, Mm -hmm. like opportunity. So they're all around you. There's money all around you, people all around you. You have to take the blinders off and go, who are those people? Now, for me, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time asking for help. Like that doesn't come natural for me. Being in a big family, you didn't ask for help. You just did it. Right. So. 
that's been my learning lesson this season is raising my hand, asking for help. And I don't do it right all the time, <laughs> but I'm asking. I'm trying. Right? No, I, I think that that's really, really important. So let's go into that. So you have a method that you touch on a little bit here, but the predictable success method. So talk a little bit about that and kind of, you know, you obviously talk about it in the book as well, but sort of talk to me about what that is. Yeah. So when you look at your business finance, right? So what I've learned over the years is people can either manage units or they can manage dollars. Some people, if I say, let's put your projections together for a million dollars, they freak out. But if I say, Kara, just sell 10 of these a month, just sell a hundred of these a month, then they're okay with it. So I created this whole financial forecast that's different than what your accountant gives you. It's different than your P&L. This is all about playing with your numbers. So I've created all these, you know, little spreadsheets that help you put in a couple things, like how many units I'm going to sell, what's my price point, and then it shows me how much money I'll make at the end of the year. Right. So, again, looking at how can I make this fun for me, because most entrepreneurs don't want to look at math. They don't want to look at their P&L, their profit and loss. They don't they don't understand the difference between cash and accrual. Well, let's just be creative. Right. So in every chapter of the book, I give you a it, a tool, something that I've used in my own business and my clients business to help them make millions. Once you understand the systems, then you can just redo it over and over and over again. So. Every client, my clients gave me the term profit coach. They're like, Susie, you know what you do for us? And I'm like, strategy? They're like, no, you make us money. I'm like, I see money everywhere. Show me your profit and loss. Show me what you're doing. I guarantee you I can double your sales because I see money everywhere. And then my experience of working from with all kinds of businesses, doctors, attorneys, speakers, authors, writers, veterinarians, graphic designers, to be able to look at different industries and go, oh, let's take the best practices from all those industries and leverage it in your business. Like, what is that? So making it fun, right? Because we love doing the vocational piece of our business. It's the strategy piece that's like poke a needle in my eye. Well, let's make that fun. Like, I love the minute you know, this whole pandemic hit, we all freaked out. I freaked out. Went The first thing I did is went to my financial projections and went, how am I going to hit this goal now that 30 events are off the books? What do I do different? How do I create that? What? How can I be radical? How can I be unstoppable in still achieving this goal and dream? And yes, it's been hard for all of us, but I just was unstoppable. I just was being radical. I just was, let's keep raising your hand. Let's keep tweaking the numbers. How do I get in front of more people? How do I make that happen? I love it. I want people to not only do gross sales, but I want them to do profit, right? But my first goal is let's get your gross sales achieving for you so you have that win. And then we start tweaking all the things to get some profitability in your business. I love it. So obviously, we're in the midst of a crazy year, um, unprecedented year. How do you think entrepreneurs should really be looking at their business at this time? What I know from working with thousands of entrepreneurs is we get caught up in, I need my ideal client, right? And we've all, we all have our ideal client avatar. We all know who that ideal client is. But the thing that they confuse, they confuse fans with clients. So your social media following, even in your database, there's a bunch of fans. That doesn't mean they're qualified clients. 
So one of the things that I do is I look at how many qualified clients do you need versus how many leads do you need? Because I can speak to a room of 100 people, but all those people aren't qualified to work with me, right? So maybe 25% of those people are qualified to work with me. So I would much rather figure out how do I get in front of those 25 people versus the 100 people. And especially if you do any kind of discovery call or you're doing any kind of, you know, something that you have to go one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. I think that's why speaking, and as a hairdresser, I started speaking, not because I love to speak, but I figured I could get into in front of 50 qualified women and close five women versus talking to 50 separate women. So looking at who's that qualified client and how many of those do you need? Because even in the qualified client, we'll close one in 10. So everything boils down to a formula. And you can't resist math and small business. It's part of what we do. So let's figure out what the formula is so that you're managing from the formula. It's like cooking, Kara. We all either now you inherently know because a recipe has been handed down from generation to generation, or you open a cookbook and you follow a recipe. Business is no different, right? So when I look at Power Your Profit, it's the formula to creating a profitable business, right? Profitability doesn't come from one thing. It comes from All things that we do, our sales, our marketing, our operations, our finance, it's one little tick off. Remember when we were in in school and you had that combination lock or maybe you go to the gym now and you have a combination lock. You got three numbers, but one tick off, that lock will not open. Business is the same way. You could have a lot of things working right, but one tick off, that sucker is not going to open. So instead of you trying to figure it out the hard way, find experts that can help you unlock your combination to your business. I've always had coaches in my business, right? I have three financial coaches now. I have a business coach. I have a personal development coach, a.k.a. therapist, right? (laughs) I've got a fitness coach. Now, I don't use them all the time. I use them when I need to. So find someone that can really help you Plan your year, especially 2021, knowing that that I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. So how do I pivot my business? How do I pivot the opportunity? And I'm here to tell you, people are spending money. Yeah. Right. They're home. They're spending money. They still they want connection. You know, we're all I call COVID fatigue. We're all in this like, let me out. (laughs) I just want to go see with my girls. Like, let me out. I need to go be with my friends. But the reality is the way we're going to do it is like this. Right. Getting connected on podcasts, getting connected on trainings, getting connected in networking groups, right, getting involved in boards so that you have that connection. And when you have that connection, you can grow quicker, faster. I think so many entrepreneurs are lonelypreneurs and we're trying to figure it out on our own. I had to find someone who knew more than me because I had to feed my children, mm-hmm. right? And maybe you're not in that desperation, but I don't know if you see this, Kara, but a lot of entrepreneurs have this back door like they don't have to they've got a husband they got a savings account they got a job right they might be a parallelpreneur where they're working a job and building a business if you don't have a back door you act differently you get up earlier stay later you're radical you you call people you put yourself out there because you don't have a back door so let's close the back door close the back door for your future and think about why am i doing what i'm doing yeah. Why am I re- why do I want to do this? I started because I wanted to make a difference and now wanting to make a difference to go quit making it too hard. Only one point seven percent of businesses hit that million dollar mark. One point seven percent. That's ridiculous. 
If I look at 88% are doing 100 grand, well, that's just a couple more zeros. Let me show you how to get those zeros, right, and quit making it so hard. Yeah, and, well, I think that what you said that's also really interesting is I think now people are actually trying to figure out do they really even want to be doing what they're doing right now? So I think that that's, right. you know, that's a whole other piece of this is like now's the time to really start looking at partly what I think I was hearing out of you too is when you have challenges along the way and sort of in thinking about your journey, you're also, you build resilience and you build scrappiness, right? Which right. I <laughs> thousand percent agree. That's, that's definitely what, I've seen um, being not the last of of uh, nine kids, but the last of five <laughs> kids growing up. So I, I feel like that definitely helped me mm-hmm. versus giving me sort of these wings to kind of go and, and just go get a job or just because everybody was doing it. I think that there's that that I don't know, like I, I feel like. That is something even today where people are thinking about, you know, nothing's for sure. Your maybe your marriage isn't for sure. Your your job isn't for sure. And so why not do something that you're ultimately going to be doing that is uh, challenging in some way, too, and, and is exciting and ultimately brings you money as well. I think that 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 is uh, is so key. And when you were talking about a business you know, obviously you're talking about kind of coaching and, and more of like a service business, but I think those rules also apply to um, a business even like mine, where I always, you know, share with people that that we focus on our top customers, right? We, we want new customers, but I think during this time, you know, we have two sets of customers. We have the grocery stores, for example, and sort of who we distribute to, but then we also have the um, customer like you who buys our product, whether it's online or in the stores. And so trying to figure out where you can kind of measure those customers and and really make sure that those people are happy because they're ultimately going to buy more and more and more. Or And that applies not only to physical products, but also to just a service business as well. So just want to make that super clear to people. It can be in either direction. So what would you say is kind of the biggest lesson in growing and building a business has been for you? One of the things I talk about in my book is the doubts and kind of the doubters that I had along the way. And I'm a huge believer in in just this whole idea of, of it's not just about skill or education. It's also about mindset and sort of like, you know, figuring out exactly um, that you are going to build a business. And I clearly think you've you've done that over and over again. But what do you think? What would you say is like the biggest lesson that you've learned in growing and building your businesses? I think what I've really come to terms with, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years. Mm -hmm. I've built 10 companies and two $10 million companies. The biggest thing I've learned is the bigger you play, the bigger the breakdown. And that's not just a cliche, but I used to, it used to devastate me. It used to crush me. It, you, you know, I remember my first employees, plural, quitting, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, I'm not, I'm a sucky boss. I'm not good at this, right? I have this perfectionism that I have to do it right and I have to be good at it and, and there's a double-edged sword, right? To wanting to be good enough, the double-edged sword is I'm going to try harder than the next person. And so before, the not good enough would run me. 
right? Or if I failed in any way, I thought I was a failure. It labeled me like you suck, you're bad, you're wrong. Even in 2007, when I lost all my assets, I'm like, who's going to listen to me now? I'm a business coach. I talk about money. Who, who really, how do I have any credibility? And the interesting thing, Kara, I started telling that story and people started giving me a standing ovation. You know, and I was doing the ugly cry because I was still in it, right? And going, I lost it, but here's what I'm doing, right? I got back up. And, you know, that that truly is the bigger you play, the bigger the breakdown. And that's just part of business. I don't like it. I don't, um, I don't want it to occur. But if I'm risking, if you're not having breakdowns, you're not playing big enough. And, you know, when I say it, <laughs> my team cracks me up. I had this big breakdown with one of these groups. Right. And it kind of happened company wide. I'm like, I'm in trouble now and they don't like me. And I did this thing I'm not supposed to. And my team responded back. Well, Susie, the bigger you play, the bigger the breakdown. Like embrace the breakdown. I'm like, shut up. Don't coach me back. Yeah, that is. (laughs) But it was really helpful to just go, okay, so just apologize. Right. For the breakdown, just apologize for the mistake. And if they don't accept it, then it's not your community. It's not the right tribe. But own it, fall on the sword quicker, faster. So I love that my team is like so quick to just pull the mirror up for me. I love it. And go, you're right. You're playing big. I don't have all the answers. When you play big, you you don't have time to have all the answers. When I look at people that I've outgrown in my business, I've had to either release them or let them go is I've outgrown them. They can't do the job anymore. Right. We have a breakdown. They can't handle it. Then I have to find someone with another skill level. So I always tell my team, if you don't want to be replaced, work on your education. doesn't have to be a degree, but just go get it. Like if you need communication skills, go get it, right? If you need to learn business finance, go get that. If you need to learn customer service, go get that. I'll help you find it, right? But I can't be the babysitter of that. If you truly want to be a leader in an organization, any organization, right, go figure out what's that thing that I need. I'm constantly in education because I'm playing big and I'm gleaming from people like yourself and I'm gleaming people that, you know, are in this group that Karen and I belong to. And it just helps me go, oh, when I'm there, I'm going to remember that. I might not need it right now, but when I'm there or if I've experienced that, I know who I can call on. So finding that right community that can support you when you have a breakdown, because you will. Yeah. <laughs> it's inevitable. If, you, if you're in business, there's going to be a breakdown. You're going to get sued. People are going to quit. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose money. Right. I used to say to my clients, if you haven't been sued, you don't have your you don't have your stripes yet. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. Not that I want you to be sued. But once you go through it, you're like, OK, I got this. It's just it's another process. It's another system. It's part of business. I'm not a loser because this happens. It just is. And what did I learn? How can I not do that again? Whatever it is that I did. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally, totally agree with you. So and I think it also speaks to something else that I frequently talk about, which is that people think that the CEOs of an organization or, you know, coaches or whatever, that they don't need help. They don't you know, they're sort of like at the top of the heap. Right. But it's it can get lonely. Right. Like so, you need to learn and you need to have people call out your stuff. And and I think that that's really that really speaks to that situation where it's, you know, really, really important to always be learning, always find those people that really can can challenge you in, in ways. And like you mentioned, we're part of a group with a whole uh, group of women that are super great at, at not only being supportive 
business-wise, but personal issues come up as well. And I think that that is, you know, it's just a super valuable network to have. And, and I think today there's just so many ways to find groups like that, whether, you know, you go and find groups that you're interested in on a Facebook or LinkedIn, as well as, you know, just other ways of, of finding groups. I'm part of a group called C200 as well. And that's another group that I belong to where it's kind of different, sort of different people at, at sort of different types of industries too. So I think there's just so many ways to find that, but it makes life a lot more, or I should say a lot less lonely, right? When you have yeah. challenging times. Um, so that's really, really great to hear. So Susie, where do people, first of all, where's the best place for people to find your book, Power Your Profits? So you can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, but if you go to poweryourprofitsbook.com forward slash book, then I give you a bunch of bonuses, like my secret, secret spreadsheet. So I give you about six of those. I have a course called Wisdom and Wealth, which really looks at what are your money blocks, what conversations are holding you back around finances. So that's poweryourprofitsbook.com forward slash book. Um, you can also go to our website at Susie Carter, C-A-R-D-E-R, D as in dollar, dinero, delicious. <laughs> I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And where do people find Susie? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, just by my name. So that's my handle on all the on all the places. Perfect. Right. So I would love to support anyone that's listening to this, just looking at let me just see how I can support you in your business. Right. Because there it is, like you said, I don't it doesn't have to be lonely. You don't have to be a lonelypreneur. There's amazing resources. And if I'm not the resource for you, I have an amazing network of powerful business women and businessmen. So that if I'm not the right person to support you, we've got a great network. I love it. So thank you so much, Susie, for coming on and, and talking about you and, and your inspiring journey as well as Power Your Profits. And everybody, if you liked this episode, definitely give it lots and lots of stars and subscribe to our podcast and come back and, and listen every Monday and Wednesday for the next Kara Golden Show, which brings super inspiring leaders and entrepreneurs and disruptors and authors on to really talk about the good stuff that they're doing. So thanks so much, everybody. Have a great week. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.